welcome back to, you know, my podcast. It's your girl, Pam, here on Speak Truth to Light. And speaking of truth to life, right now, there's a lot of stress going on in America. Uh, with the eviction moratorium, I think I'm probably going to have to do a two-part on this one. There are so many different things that are going on with with uh, with this that and and in terms of where we're at right now, it is a stressful environment for both renters and landlords. So right now, the Supreme Court, um, you know, blocked Biden's administration to extend the federal eviction moratorium. And there are new legislation that's coming forth this week from Warren and Bush, Elizabeth Warren and and uh, Cory Bush. Cory Bush is out of Missouri. Um, the new legislation is called Keeping Renters Safe Act of 2021. Um, they're trying to extend it by amending Section 361 of the Public Health Service Act. Uh, the pub. The Public Service Act um, basically gives the federal government um, a chance to respond to communicable diseases such as COVID-19. And I think the whole thing is that there are some people, not everyone, there are some people that have been affected by paying for rent and getting evicted or a possible eviction because Maybe they're in a hospital from COVID-19, et cetera, or they're affected in some way. Maybe someone in their household is sick for COVID-19 and is created a financial burden on the family. Um, so this Keeping Renters Safe Act is going to classify certain evictions um, to kind of, you know, address like how a communicable disease can affect someone's housing. That's what the bottom line is. So uh, it's not gonna be for everyone. It's gonna be for those who are in that particular situation. In terms of the eviction moratorium in different states, um, um, there uh, some of the moratorium has ended and some states have been extended. There's a federal moratorium, but the, we already know the uh, Supreme Court kind of struck that down. So we're going to see what happens there. Um, basically, with the federal eviction moratorium is to prevent landlords who had a legal right to evict a tenant from doing so and to protect tenants or renters to prevent the potential spread of COVID-19. Because what's going to happen is you're going to have people in and out of houses, apartments, places that they lived, Maybe they had COVID-19. Someone has to go in there. They have to clean up the house. They have to make sure they don't get, they may get affected. Even the cleaning crew can get affected if they go into an apartment or a house of a person who had um, COVID-19. So it can also um, spread COVID-19. And that's what they're trying to look at. So we're going to see what happened with the Keeping Richard Safe Act. Now, put on my other hat. I am not a renter. I am a renter, but I'm not a tenant, but I see both sides. I've, um, I come from having a lot of experience in working for a nonprofit here, uh, on the East coast. I worked 
to uh, reduce homelessness with veterans at a nonprofit in New York City, where we worked specifically with veterans who um, ended up homeless. We had a residential program where they came into the program and they received assistance from social workers, case managers, people like myself. My, my role was in the employment division where basically we helped them provide them with vocational services such as learning how to do a resume. Um, um, uh, we would have uh, job fairs twice a year at my location. We would re uh, refer them over for employment, training, and trades. So it was a great program because we, um, we actually partnered with the veterans. We found a lot of success with our veterans, especially those who already have a lot of experiences from their years of service. So um, if they wanted to work and were able to work, they were able to go back to work and get a job. Some of my veterans um, worked some positions that are you know paying over $20 an hour. Some of my veterans went back to school. Some of them went to go get a security license, a OSHA license, uh, some kind of other technical certification. So it was a, a very helpful experience to help them position themselves for having a home or an apartment. And so um, a lot of my veterans came in and out of my program and further had success um, with the collaboration of our team. I seen veterans come in and out of the, the shelter system who just had other life um, circumstances that made it difficult for them to kind of to kind of go back to being what they wanted to be, which was a successful uh, person. Um, staying clean is was a challenge for a lot of the veterans because they some of them had substance abuse issues and others had mental health issues. And if they weren't willing to go get the treatment, it was a hard situation to see. But at the same time, 50 and 50, right? You have some people who took advantage of the, um, the support out there and you had others who took advantage of it in a negative way. You have some people like anything will take advantage of these policies out here. And I know for sure a lot of people, unfortunately, during this eviction moratorium, you got people that are saying that they can't go back to work, but could go back to work. And then you have some people who actually can't go back to work, or maybe they, they have chosen to stay at home because moral reasons. Maybe they don't want to get um, the poke, you know, the shot, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you have other individuals that have financial concerns. I did a, um, I was looking at the daycare um, pricing for parents and, you know, around the country, it seems to be around the same. Here in New Jersey, it's 1400 to 1800 a month, I believe, for childcare. And so people, I'm just looking at New Jersey, but I can imagine other parts of the country uh, or other countries may have their own issues as well. Um, I just was like, that to me was a 
it's crazy that, you know, um, that it would cost so much, you know, to take care of a child, but it is, it is, it's, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You have a lot of people that have to spend a lot of money to take care of their children. And uh, I know my mother spent a lot of money on um, um, making sure that my brother was taken care of. And at some point when she get, you know, when he got older, um, she didn't have to do that as much um, because she got him enrolled in kindergarten and all that good stuff. So back to what I was saying about this eviction moratorium, there are some people who are actually taking advantage of it in a negative way. Today, I was looking at a uh, long, uh, I've been looking at a series from the aspect of a landlord who is a small landlord. She doesn't have a big corporation. She had been renting out a real nice looking home from what I see, like we, we've seen the outside of, but she went through the whole process of trying to evict her tenant. Backstory, her tenant had been in the property for about 12 years. Um, the last two years, um, this associate, I mean, this tenant said she could not pay. She utilized and said, oh, I got COVID-19, nobody can come. They had tried to serve this person several times and this tenant failed to even come out the house. And so um, my friend who, like I said, is a small landlord here in America, she went through the whole process. She had to wait for her state eviction moratorium to expire. Then she had to go through a rigorous process to file paperwork, to get everything completed um, and go down the policy, the, the route. So um, she utilized her legal options and she finally was able to get a sheriff to come to the property and uh, when they arrived to the property, I have to say, as a person who's rented for years, I've never, ever left an apartment or house the way I saw this tenant just completely destroyed the entire place. There was, um, uh, it was, it was terrible. I ain't gonna lie. I, I can't even explain to you how bad it was, but when she opened the door, there was food, uh, food in the kitchen, all kinds of um, water. The water was left running. Um, this tenant stuff, um, beans and, and mayo inside of the, uh, the vents. And I mean, it was just terrible. The damage is, is astronomical, to be honest. And this um, tenant was uh, protected by Section 8. If you're not in America, Section 8 is pretty much um, is a government program um, and you have to qualify for it. Um, Section 8 is, is under the Housing Act of 1937. Uh, it authorizes a payment of rental housing assistance to private landlords on behalf of low-income households. We have Section 8 rentals and houses all over. I know there's a person around the corner from my mom's house who uh, lives in a Section 8 house. And this person has a beautiful house. They redid the whole house. Back to my friend. With this Section 8 situation, Section 8 um, 
was apprised of this situation where this woman fell back on her rent. Section eight was like, okay, she's um, not in compliance with our policy. So we release ourselves from her. She's no longer going to have section eight right now uh, because of everything that had been reported by this private landlord. Back to how bad this house was. I just couldn't believe that someone would leave a house that way. I've heard horror stories again I've never left a house like that. I just take all my stuff, I clean it up really nice, and I leave. That's what normal people do. I don't know particularly what was going on with this woman, but it looks like she just didn't care. And she had a level of, of, of disconnectedness that I've never seen before. Um, it's sad, too, because, you know, from what I know of my friend that's the private landlord, she was friendly to this lady. They were cordial over the years. So she was surprised um, about this. But one point I did want to make is I wonder when you are a landlord and anybody can, you know, hit me up on a, a message here, uh, a private landlord, and you don't necessarily get the chance to live in the same city as where your property is, I think that could be a problem. I could think it, I could think of multiple ways that this eviction moratorium is going to really um, be detrimental for people who don't get a chance to see the property as much. Maybe you live out of state, you don't live near that property, and so you're just assuming that things are okay. But when when uh, your tenant stops talking to you because they think that they're um, covered by this federal moratorium. You know, people have to remember, you still have to go through the state and look at what your state is doing because the federal government could do one thing and the, your state could say, hey, it's ending at this time. I know in New Jersey, I I could be wrong. I think it ends like, I believe it ended at the end of last month, um, but they may have extended it. And I can't imagine having to go to court for owing so much money over 15 months. I know it's really difficult for a lot of families and I'm not saying some people don't really need this protection, but what I'm saying is there are people who take advantage of these protections that don't deserve it. That's what I'm saying. Um, have I ever gone through an eviction process? I went through a pre-eviction process once in my life. And the, 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 the best thing that I ever did was advocate for myself. I think a lot of people um, get nervous when they see the eviction notice and they think that, okay, they're going to immediately push me out. So let me just get out of here and just leave everything. That's the wrong thing to do. Go through the process. Uh, when I was staying in one apartment, I think I went behind like a miss uh, to me, not that much money. I think it was like $1,700. Uh, which probably might have been three or four months rent at that time. And so, because during that time, I was underemployed. I didn't have a lot of employment. And um, I was trying to get the money together. I was working two jobs, but I just wasn't making enough money to pay it consistently. Uh, so I ended up going to court. And because of my experience working in nonprofit social work, I knew where to go to kind of get assistance for myself. And I keep telling people there are resources out there. So in my case, I went to court, 
I listened to everything. I went and talked to a lawyer. They, they provide a lawyer for you if you are a person who is in that situation. I signed a stipulation. The stipulation basically said, hey, you, you have to this time to pay. Um, and I had the money when I went to court. See, that that's the thing, because I had been trying to pay partial rent and they would not accept they they would not accept the money. So I actually had money when I came to court. And um and then I needed like I think like a thousand dollars or something. So during this whole process, I was trying to figure out where to get the rest of my money. And I was smart enough to to just look around to community sources. I went to um, two different organizations and then the city of New New Jersey, I mean, New York at the time, they said, look, we're going to give you X amount of dollars, but it's a loan and you have to pay it back. The only reason why I was able to get that money was because I actually, at the time I went to court, I had just got a job and it was a full-time job with full benefits and a, a certain salary. And so when they saw that I had a job, they was like, yeah, we're going to give you this loan. You're going to pay this back to us. And they paid it directly to my employee, um, to my rent, um, uh, the place that I, I was living at at the time, my landlord. And if I didn't know where to go, you know, it's, it's, it's having a little bit of humble pie. You have to go in there be nice be respectful. Just because it's a stressful situation, you can't go in there with attitude. You can't roll your eyes. You can't have a nasty tone. You just have to go and be humble and, you know, tell them what's going on and how you would like to be assisted and also how you plan to address paying it back. Um, I was very fortunate to be able to pay back every single dime. I don't owe any money to these people. I think it took me two years after all of that happened. It took me two years to pay it back, but I paid back every dime. Um, to the city of New York, and then also to the community organization that, that gave me a loan um, for the money. Because the thing was, they gave me a loan, but then there are other people that come after me that could be in the same situation as me. And I I would need to pay it forward. You know, if you pay back that loan, someone else gets the $700 to help them in their situation. And like I said, when I went into the actual office to discuss needing the loan, I went in there with my documentation. I had my story. I had the letter of my new job. I had my offer letter. I had all my documentation because I want to go in there and not have no issues. And, you know, at that time, they didn't have, of course, this natural crisis. This was many years ago. But I went through this whole process knowing that if I go in there and work with the system itself, you know, that it would benefit me. And in my case, I never got served. In fact, when I went to court and I made the stipulation, and I, I, I made sure the money came to my employer. I received the lease. They wanted me to stay in the property after all that had happened. Why? Because I was a good tenant. They never had no issues with me, and but I ended up moving because I did not want to live in that part of the city anymore. I moved to another location that was closer to my job. I say all that to say, I understand the fear that comes across people when they're in the situation for eviction, 
But if you have protections in there, use the protection, but you also have to calculate how much of this can you pay back. It could be difficult if you already, if your rent is like, like here on the East Coast, rent is like almost $2,000 a, a month, depending on where you live, unless you got roommates. So are you going to 2000 times 15 months? That's thousands of dollars. You know, I know where I live in my my building. I heard from other tenants that people that lost jobs actually left because here in New Jersey, um, you had, you do have protection. If you apply, you have a lease, you have a security deposit. If you do move out of your apartment beforehand, they will just draw that last money from your last month. But if you're moving out months and months and months, they will have to take you to court where if you owe them more than one month, yeah, you're going to be in a situation. Um, but here in New Jersey, again, if you leave and your, your lease is up the next month and you gave them a 60 to 90 day notice, you can leave and they can draw from your security deposit and Hopefully you won't owe too much money, depending on if you leave damages. I'm curious in regards to the private landlord that I talked about earlier, I'm wondering if she can file any criminal charges for the damage that was left. She is doing a Q&A today and I'm going to find out because <laughs> I'm going to go back and listen. I'll probably update you guys because that's another part of eviction moratorium I'm going to talk about uh, next time which is how will this eviction moratorium affect renters in the long run? The housing uh, market is tight right now, and it's also affecting that as well because you have homes that are foreclosed. You have people who are uh, going to rent apartments, but they're going to absorb a higher rental cost because other people have left and it's just tight financially for everyone. So that's something I'll probably get into in a, in a future episode. But thank you for listening to here on Speak Truth to Life. I will talk to you guys soon. Be safe, be well, and have a wonderful day.